0: Good morning. morning. I know you've already worshiped as you heard Ruth play. But let's continue worshiping by singing together, My Life is in You, Lord, with Shine, Jesus, Shine. If you're comfortable standing, I invite you to stand
1: with us as we sing.
2: Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church Sun City West how are you doing this morning morning. man I tell you what we could almost have church outside couldn't we that is just some nice weather we're enjoying this morning though we're gonna spend some great time right here worshiping and praising God great music the words of these songs just touch our hearts burst upon the scene as we send them up as an aroma of praise to almighty god so thank you so much for participating for being here if this is the very first time that you've been here we'd love for you to take the opportunity to fill the guest card out in the pew in front of you and when you leave just drop it in one of the offering boxes we would certainly appreciate that so we could acknowledge your being with us today we're going to enjoy this time of worship let's pray together we have a full morning and i would ask you take time during this service Prepare yourself to observe the Lord's Supper. At the end of the sermon, before our hymn of invitation, we will focus our attention upon the elements of the broken body of Jesus, the blood that was spilt, the celebration of the resurrection, all that he gives us. So please, prepare yourselves. Father, thank you for the opportunity and the time that you've given us. We are so excited about this time of worship, about the time... When we allow your spirit to speak boldly to us, as we remember the psalm of last week, we give you the shout of victory, singing the songs of joy and celebration, because you are the rock of our salvation. And This morning we come and we sing those songs and we focus upon the Messiah, Jesus, all that he's done for us. And as we reflect upon Psalm 139, God, please give us insight beyond our even capable understanding. Flood our minds with your infinite, even though our minds are finite. And help us to hear you today. Thank you for the privilege. The honor and the responsibility of worship, of connecting with you. This morning, God, we anticipate and expect to experience you. In Jesus' name we pray.
3: Will you pray with me? Father God, you are the Lord of all creation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to love you. Most especially, thank you, Lord your son Jesus Christ my savior he came he chose to go to the cross on Calvary for us for a sinner like me thank you Lord for your holy spirit that strengthens. Thank you for your word that teaches me. Thank you for your music that soothes my soul. I pray that every heart in here can feel those same things. Please, Lord, bless us today. Bring us closer to you. Bring us to that that comforts us that soothes us that leads us tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow help us to always turn our eyes upon Jesus help us to know that no matter what comes our way Jesus is Pray all of these things according to your will and in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Amen.
0: Words from one of the verses in Psalm 139 that we will be hearing a little later, set to a beautiful tune, He Knows My Name.
4: Our scripture reading today is from Psalm 139, found in the Pew Bible or on the screen. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awaken, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. These are the words of the Lord.
2: Thank you, choir. Having a little ever living on earth. There's a Norwegian tale that tells about a boy who decided to take a hike. He went out and he uh, climbed some rocky cliffs. Up high on those rocky cliffs, he found an egg, just abandoned. So he took the egg and uh, went back to their, uh, their little home where they had geese, ducks, all kinds of things and he just placed that egg there in a nest. Kind of interesting because uh, Goose hatched that, uh, <laughs> that little egg and it was like a freakish thing, freakish creation. It, it didn't have the webbed feet and had claw-like feet. Its beak wasn't, uh, wasn't flat. Instead, it was kind of pointed and twisted. And it was the weirdest thing because as he would go around the barnyard following the geese, he would stumble and he would fall because he didn't have the kind of feet that everybody else had. He was a freak of nature. One day, this beautiful eagle came and flew, uh, flew right near the barnyard, squawking and making the noise that an eagle would make. And all of a sudden, that freakish bird looked up, and something changed. It kind of spread his wings and he spread his wings, he began to to run, and somehow as he kept moving his wings, the wind caught him, and he began to fly, and he began to fly into the heights. (laughs) You see, he found who he was supposed to be. He was an eagle, not a goose. We are born to soar as the children of God we are given the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us to soar to accomplish things that God has ordained for us to but the tragedy is that there are many believers that never discover their divine heritage and so As believers, they live a barnyard existence rather than soaring with the purpose that God intended for them. Until we know who we are and what we are, we are destined to live far below the potential that God has for us once we experience and sense and come to understand our spiritual heritage then i'll tell you the sky is the limit we need to soar david in the 139th psalm he gave us such a beautiful understanding of how to soar how to live how to live to our fullest. He acquaints us with God and who God is. He also gives us an understanding that we have a unique relationship with that God. And it's that God who created us and made us special. And I think realizing this will lift us to new heights in our living. That we we are joint heirs with Christ. We're the creation, but the creator loved us so much that he allowed his son Christ to come here and to die for us. There are three tremendous truths that I want to make sure that we understand, and then I'll get into our outline. First, God is omniscient. He knows everything about us. Those first six verses in Psalm 139 gives us that understanding. He knows our actions. He knows our thoughts. He knows our words. There's absolutely nothing that God does not know about us. Absolutely nothing. Your closest friends, your spouse of many years, They don't know more about you than God does. He knows it all according to what the scripture says. In fact, that fact of God knowing everything about us, it brought the psalmist to comprehend and make an exclamation in verse 6. As we look at verse 6, he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too lofty for me to attain. Has there ever been something that's just been too wonderful for you? Something that's happened or a person that you've engaged in or or something that's happened just beyond your expectations, beyond what you could have ever asked for or imagined. If that's the case, that and beyond that is what David was experiencing. Something too lofty for him to understand. It's it's hard for that finite mind to understand the infinite. Secondly, not only is God omniscient, he's also omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. it's Kind of hard to understand. But that's what verses 7 through 12 give us in this beautiful psalm in this movement to escape his presence is impossible the psalmist asks two interesting questions (coughs) in verse 7 he says where can I go from your spirit where can I flee from your presence it's a question that the psalmist already understands he's already worked through this in his mind he already has come to an understanding that you can't go anywhere if I go into the heavens well God you're there if I go down to the heart of the earth God you're there if I go to the farthest place across the ocean from me now (coughs) well you're there God in the darkness when nobody else can see I can hide from you no no because the scripture says that the night is like day is like light to the father there is nowhere that we can go the psalmist says he gives us that understanding that he is omnipresent and so David in this psalm is doing everything he can to understand we cannot escape him in the heavens the grave the sea or the darkness he's all-knowing and he's present Everywhere. And then a third, just briefly God is omnipotent. He is all powerful. He spoke the entire universe that we're just now beginning to understand, just now beginning to scratch the surface. He spoke all of that into existence out of absolutely nothing it's one thing for us to go out uh, uh, bob in our workshop and take some materials and begin to work on something it's something totally different to go and not have anything and speak it into existence and now it's here that is one who is all-powerful pretty amazing look at verse 13 because here is the truth concerning how god took a special interest in you through these characteristics of who god is he says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb (laughs) there's a special interest that god himself the god of creation He's the one that not only you can't hide from and not only knows every thought that you have, is not only so powerful that he created everything out of absolutely nothing, but he takes an interest in you. He said, you you created me. He identified the inmost being. The inmost being, if you go back to the King James Version, it says the kidneys. It has... The concept, the idea, and I'm really fond of kidneys myself, (laughs) but it means the innermost being, the seat of our thoughts, of our emotions, our actions. The very essence of who we are, he says, "You, you created me, you created everything about me, you created that which puts me together, my thoughts, my emotions, my actions, all of these tied in together, you are the one who created this. And then he goes on to say that you knit me together. He's weaved you together. It takes a special interest. I've never been a knitter. But man, I tell you what, I see those people knitting, and man, they're just moving back and forth, and it's amazing what they're doing. Taking these these, uh, nylon threads or whatever those things are, you can tell I don't do it. (laughs) And these needles that I don't even understand the concept of, And they began just working magic through them to make beautiful things. And that's what God did. He knit us, each one of us, very special, very unique. He took a special interest in us. The poetic language that the psalmist here gives paints a picture as a master craftsman. In the same way, a weaver takes uh, strands of that yarn and he begins to weave uh, them together to make a, a beautiful fabric. God weaves our muscles. He weaves our sinews and our bones together to make this human masterpiece we call our body, our spirit, our soul. The psalmist summed up this truth by exclaiming that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in verse 14. And then look at verses 15 and 16. He says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book and before one of them came to be. That is a pretty interesting statement, is it not? Not. The frame here he talks about is is really, it means embryo. We are not the product of some kind of, of giant cosmic assembly line that goes through and makes clones back and forth, back and forth. The reality is that he saw us uniquely, and he prescribed a custom design for every one of us before we were born he knew us in our prenatal state when we were hidden from eyes of everybody else we were seen and known by him i happen to have some pictures i'd like to show you this is my granddaughter now this on my left i guess it's your left too on the left is One of the first ultrasounds that we had the privilege of going and seeing this is when she was in the womb this passage of scripture means a whole lot to me this embryo my embryo was not hidden from you before we could ever see anything god already had seen her as she's just about in about nine days ten days gonna celebrate her first birthday look at that smile I think those are my smiles in my eyes I know the hairline is for certain yeah. <laughs> there's another one up there too let's those are my twin grandsons nine months old here just a, a few days ago if you look to the right Here they are, each one of them, in the mom's womb. Before I could ever see that, before we could ever get the ultrasound, guess who knew, guess who saw? God did. The embryo. And now they're just celebrated their nine months. You look at those two and uh, they are the sweetest things, but they are totally different. You see, when we put it in perspective of what, of what David is trying to get across, he wants us to understand every one of us is special and unique. Whether we're a child like my granddaughter uh, who was born by herself, no other companion in the winds, who spent their time together for those nine months, very different in their personalities. God created them uniquely. And my friends, He did that for you as well and for me. We're unique, every one of us. God, the scripture says, and I want to get into my, my three quick points, and they're not long, I don't think. <laughs> he says, We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I think the very fruit, uh, first truth that challenges us to live higher, to soar higher in our belief, is the fact that God cared about us so much that the scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made we should never look down upon ourselves or the things that we we don't think that we can accomplish or do we need to think high of ourselves because god thought highly of us each one of us are custom designed each one of us are unique regardless of our physical characteristics we are physically Fearfully and wonderfully made. The human heart, think about that for a moment. The human heart is a a muscle weighing about 12 ounces. And those 12 ounces, it pumps blood throughout your body. We have 60,000 miles of blood vessels in our body. Can you imagine that? Look it up. 60,000 miles of blood vessels. I I didn't think I was that big. (laughs) The heart uh, uh, circulates that blood about every 20 minutes in those 60,000 miles. If you live to be 73, which most of you will get there eventually, your heart is gonna beat 800 million times. Every day, your heart pumps enough blood to fill a 4,000 gallon tank car. And in your lifetime, you would have enough tank cars to go from New York to Boston. That's just a lot of blood. (laughs) And you think about that, trying to to give you an understanding of what that little 12 ounces of heart can do. Well, that's what God did. He created us in such a wonderful and a beautiful way. You think about the human hand. It's uh, an, an incredible creation. There are 25 different joints in your hand. And they, they can go through and they can perform 58 very distinct functions. With our hand, we can take a pencil and we can write the history of our family or our world. Or with that hand, we can take a hammer and we can build a civilization. Or if you were a skilled surgeon, using only your thumb and your forefinger, you could actually tie a knot with that little context of a matchbox. That's what your hand can do. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about our brain, that it, it's kind of a jelly-like substance that weighs about 25 ounces. Sometimes the brain is compared to a computer. One writer said. Comparing your brain to a computer is like comparing a battleship to a dugout uh, canoe. (laughs) A, a, A computer doesn't match anywhere near what our brain capability is. Scientists say that there are 10 billion nerve cells in the average human brain. 10 billion nerve cells. The nerve cells can be thought of as a switching center to accomplish all the different functions that our body does. Scientists estimate that the brain's memory banks can hold over 100 trillion bits of information in an average lifetime. That's a lot of stuff. I mean, that's a whole lot more than our national debt, but we're getting closer all the time, aren't we? (laughs) We are fearfully and wonderfully made there are lots of illustrations in the lives of people that i would love to have time to share with you that that they god used them in such a powerful way when they thought they were limited in so many ways but god used them powerfully and that's what i want to communicate to you is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made god wants you to soar he has a purpose for your life he has things he wants you to accomplish at this stage of your life, to finish strong. The second truth is that God has a special plan for each person. He says, before your allotted days began, God had already written down your physical characteristics and his master plan for you. He already wrote it, the scripture says. You see, there's a purpose for you being here. That's the big question in the world today is why do i exist why am i here what am i supposed to do if they would come into this context of what the scripture says he finds that god has a purpose for you he has a plan he's already written it out his master plan for you the real question is will you follow it i think the greatest joy in life is to find to fulfill god's plan for your life at every stage in every season of your life your life was built for service it was built for dedication through your commitment to God's will you'll find that higher purpose you'll find the purpose God has for you the master plan he has for you for you to accomplish and it's not gonna be the same for anybody else in here because we are unique we are special but God put that plan together tailor-made for us when the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco was under construction the architect engineer uh, became ill he was in the hospital for a period of time and then he had to convalesce at home he was bedridden throughout the duration of the building of the bridge every single day the workmen would come they would report on their progress of building the Golden Gate Bridge and after it was completed he finally got to see it for the first time and his words were these thank God it was just like the plan (laughs) that would be what God has he's got a plan for us a master plan and what a celebration and joy for us to say thank God I am following his plan the finest thing that can ever happen to any one of us is to live life just like he planned it Jesus did Jesus said in John four thirty four. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. My food, what I get nourished by, what I, makes me happy, what satisfies me, what brings joy in my life, is to do the will of the Father and to finish it. He said it again in John nineteen thirty on the cross. He said, "It is finished." He didn't say, "I am finished." He said it is finished what is the it he meant God's plan for his life he meant world redemption you see he had come to give his life as a ransom for many and that's exactly what he did we see that in Matthew 20 28 Mark 10 45 same thing happened also to the Apostle Paul he lived with the conviction and died with the satisfaction that god's will had been completed in his life in second timothy 4 7 he said i have fought a good fight i have finished my course and i have kept the faith you see for paul the race had been mapped out for him to run to completion god had a plan for and, and a purpose for paul's life And Paul comes to the end of his days, and he said, I fought that fight, and I've accomplished the course. God has a plan for your life, and he shows you that plan. If you're seeking for it, if you're desiring, if you're thirsting after it. I'm so impressed with so many of our people here because... When you come to Sun City West for the most part you come to retire and it's true for most of our retirement communities or even just in the region here they, they come because it's toward the end of their work life and there's so many that just want to play because it's retirement we've worked hard all of our lives right there is that deserving ability but I've seen so many here and and other churches in our area, they say, you know what? In this stage, in this season of my life, I'm going to enjoy retirement because I'm slowing down, absolutely. But I'm going to finish strong. I want to be the person God wants me to be. I don't think it gets better than that. The third thing is that God is always thinking about us. We're always on his mind. His thoughts about us, David says, is like the sands, the grains of sands on the seashore. It's more than we can number. We we are the object of his affection. We're the focus of his continual thought. Don't you like it when you know that somebody is thinking about you? Doesn't it warm your heart to know that if there's somebody out there that you're on their mind? You're always on God's mind. Jesus taught us that God marks, pays attention to the fall of every single sparrow. And he cares about us so much he knows the numbers of hair on our head. You see, he cares about you. And it doesn't matter that you can't comprehend how can he care about every single one of us or the six or eight billion people that live in this world right now at one time. You don't have to worry about that. You just need to know that God cares about you. He focuses upon you. You are on his mind. And let him handle the rest of it. Three-year-old girl came home from Sunday school and she said, Mommy, Mommy, I, I finally, I learned a new song in church today. And and the mom said well I want to hear it and the girl kind of stumbled around and she said well um, uh, um, okay Jesus knows me this I love <laughs> and the mom said oh that's that's beautiful you know I learned that same song I learned it a little bit differently but I think I like your version better sing it any way that you want to Jesus loves me this I know or Jesus knows me, this I love. It focuses upon him knowing us and him loving us, and he does. Though we are fearfully and wonderfully made, though God has mapped out a plan for our lives if we'll follow him, though we are continually on his mind, there is one fatal flaw that we have and that is sin every one of us has sinned against God we've transgressed we've alienated ourselves from the one who is constantly thinking about us and David the king of Israel he understood this well He saw this fountain of sin he saw it in his own life and it brought forth in his life inferiority and inadequacy and failures and so he did what any intelligent man should do when he reaches reaches the end of his rope David turned to God he stopped blaming his sin his moral failures on his enemies He stopped trying to destroy his enemies. Instead, he fell on his knees in humility before God. We see that in verses 23 and 24. David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting david realized that he needed to start making things right with himself and so his prayer contains three very distinct things first he prayed that god might search his heart there was a willingness say god i've tried to shield everything from you and hold it in i've done that with everybody else but today knowing that you know all my thoughts, I I still am going to take the effort and I'm going to say, search every part of me. Not just the parts of my my house that I live in that are clean today, but search them all. And secondly, he prayed that God might cleanse him. God, you, you would take whatever you find and I will acknowledge it and i ask you to cleanse me to wash it down to make it pure again and lastly he prayed that god might direct his steps lead me and that's a pretty simple process for each one of us to come to the place where we know that that god knows you he made you he cares for you. He knows everything about you, every thought you've ever had, and He's laid out a plan for you. and And for most of us, we have stepped aside of that plan at some point or another. We might be right smack in the middle of God's plan right now, at this stage of our life, or maybe we need to make some adjustments. But today is the day that we look at this psalmist and say, "Listen." In his writings, we see a mirror of ourselves. And we're blown away by God, by the creator. And this creator knit me in such a beautiful way. And he has a plan for me because he wants the very best for me. And so I'm just going to ask him today to search me. God, when you find something that's not right, I will own up to it. And I ask you to cleanse me. And God, when I'm cleansed, I don't want to sit idly over to the side. What I want to do is for you to guide me and lead me from this point on in my life. There's a little formula that somebody wrote, secret for living. God formed us, sin has deformed us, and Christ alone can transform us. And so we ask that you would turn to him and trust him with your whole heart and reach your full potential. Let's get out of the barnyard. (laughs) Let's soar with all the potential that God has for us. Father, as we come to this time, we are coming to a time of taking the Lord's Supper. And God, our our prayer is that this is the time that we would ask you to search our heart. And God, whatever you bring to our minds that you find is not worthy, right here and now, we ask that we would own up to it and ask you to cleanse us in the name of Jesus by his blood, his sacrifice, and his resurrection to wash those sins away. And then God, today, as we observe the Lord's Supper, that we take the opportunity and the time to say, God, this is my commitment to you. It's my spiritual marker. On this day I ask you to lead me so that I can finish strong and I can fulfill the master plan that you have for me the purpose and I commit myself to do that thank you father for your son Jesus his death upon the cross his resurrection. And as we move now to the Lord's table, a memorial table, God, we ask that it would be meaningful to each one of us as we have prepared ourselves. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Frank, I wonder if you would take this microphone right down beside you, and if you would lead us in a prayer specifically designed to focus upon the bread as it represents the blood of Jesus.
5: Our Father, we just give you thanks, Lord, for the privilege to serve you. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us, that you died on the cross how you suffered, how you treated your body. Lord, this bread is in remembrance of your body. So, Father, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds that we may be worthy to take this cup. Lord, we just thank you and we love you and we just praise you for what what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for your privilege to serve. I say this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Jesus said take eat. this is my body Forrest if you'll lead us in a time of prayer focusing upon the blood symbol of Christ's sacrifice.
6: Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've set up a memorial for us to remember the life, the death, and the resurrection of our dear Lord Jesus. We have common elements that are available everywhere. The fruit of the wine representing his blood and the bread of life thank you Lord for this remembrance of the great sacrifice that you gave given your only begotten Son that we might Lord have remission of sins and the opportunity to meet with you in the final days of our life in heaven in Jesus name we pray Amen.
2: Jesus said drink from you all of it for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you the truth I will not drink it again with you until I drink it anew in my father's kingdom. The scripture says in Matthew 26. sung a hymn, and then they went out, on out to the Mount of Olives. This morning we're going to sing a hymn, an invitation hymn, and I'd like to ask you to stand if you would, just bow your heads, let God speak to you for these moments, and then we'll sing. song, I don't think you can make it any clearer. And this morning, if there is a decision for you to make, focused upon the blood of Jesus, what he's done for you to rededicate your life, to recommit your life, do that right where you are, just praying with him. Maybe to join this congregation, or maybe today's the day that you realize, I don't have a personal relationship with the one who continues to have me on his mind, and wants Jesus to come into my life this morning i choose to do that as you sing this next hymn this next verse please make your way if god leads you Go ahead and be seated for just a moment. We have a couple of announcements we'd like to share with you. Um, As you come in, um, there are still Samaritan's boxes that need to be taken, and uh, I believe that the the day to have those in is the 9th. Is that right? 14th. That's even better. Oh, that's right. The 9th is my granddaughter's birthday. (laughs) I I knew there was something special on that day. And so, the 14th, if you could do something along those lines and just take those boxes and go ahead and fill them, bring them in by the 14th, it'll be a very special time. The Second thing I would like to, uh, to remind you about, um, it has to do with next week. Uh, the 11th of November is the day that we um, honor our veterans across America. And so next Sunday on the 7th, going to have a special recognition of all of our our veterans uh, it is always a wonderful time but we'd love for you to be here encourage uh, other veterans that you know to come and be a part because we really want to thank each one of them for their service so please if you would do that Nancy
0: Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock men's breakfast Jim Brager will be the speaker and men, if you have not already signed up to be part of that, we need you to sign up today so the kitchen kick and cooking crew can make sure there's enough food for you. You may purchase your tickets for the Thanksgiving Missions Awareness Banquet t- later today uh, out in the Marie's Way. You can buy a ticket for $15. That will be Wednesday evening, November 17th. At four o'clock this afternoon, you will have opportunity for another powerful time of worship. And I hope that you will plan to come as our sanctuary choir joins with a choir from First Baptist Sun City and Grand Community in Surprise to do a night of music. We are not here for a performance, but we are here to help us worship a second time. So please plan to be part of that this evening. And you can even have a cupcake afterwards if you come. Frank Johnson, who is the chairperson of our deacon council, has a presentation. And Frank, after that presentation, if you would lead us in
5: our closing prayer. Aren't you glad you came? First Baptist Church of Sundays West has been blessed in many ways. October is Pastors Appreciation Month. And at this time, I'd like to have our pastor and Debbie, if they would, come, come forth. Ever since that limo pulled in front of my house, little over four years ago, and this couple got out, and I knew that we had something special at that time. There was two, but now there are nine. (laughs) On behalf of First Southern Baptist Church of Sunday West, I'd like to present this token of appreciation to our pastor, to tell you how much we love you, appreciate you, and hope that we can do this in many years to come. And all the God's children said, Amen. Amen.
2: Well, I tell you what, Debbie and I are the ones who are blessed. Uh, You are the most loving and caring congregation we have been a part of. And it is a pleasure to walk beside you in ministry. And I want you to know that um, there would not be the kinds of successes that uh, we have seen over these last uh, three and a half years if it had not been for the person that I'm standing right in front of, (laughs) of Nancy, and all of our staff members. I listed them in our e-blasts. They work so hard behind the scenes to accomplish so many things, and there's no way that I could uh, do the ministry I do if they weren't working so hard. So would you mind just thanking them? Would you do that, please? spread all over the building, so (laughs) but thank you all very much, and uh, please know that Debbie and I uh, deeply love and appreciate each one of you. Let's
0: stand for our closing prayer.
5: This has been a great day, and don't forget we've got some more coming at 4 o'clock tonight. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this special time. Thank you, Lord, that we can have a great pastor. Lord, as we go our separate ways, we ask you now to be with us as we uh, journey on with you. Bring us back safe tonight, Lord. We ask you to be with our choirs as they come and sing for your praise. Lord, we love you and we thank you. For I say this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you, sir.